Hello, Allbeard Inside listeners. Here's the audio from our episode, which was released on Friday, July 28th. If you enjoy the episode or the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or many other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Uh, I'm your not-so-humble host, Carp, and we've returned to downtown Burlington. And joining me today is Jesse of Mad River Distillery Tasting Room. Yes, thank you for being here. Thank you for hosting us. We appreciate anybody appreciate anybody who's willing to take time out of their schedule to speak with us about their craft beverages. For Wonderful. Sure. Uh, so, Jesse, for those who don't know, who haven't read the website, what is your history in uh, the craft beverage industry? Sure. I joined the craft beverage industry as a beer consumer. My girlfriend is a winemaker, and I've helped her make wine in France. And now I manage the tasting room for a local distillery that focuses on whiskeys and rums. They're all 100% made here in Vermont, handcrafted, and uh, we love talking about them. Awesome. Speaking of talking about them, you brought me out some tasty-looking tasters sure, here Sure. I picked some of my favorites here. All right. I wanted to make sure you try a couple of our flagships but also try a couple things that won't be available next time. Amazing. We do seven spirits year round. Okay. We just up that to eight, and we always try to have one or two limited offerings available here in the tasting room or available at farmer's markets. Awesome. So always look for our booth at farmer's markets. Uh, what am I starting with here? I'm gonna have you start closer to you and okay. work your way down, and we're gonna kind of treat this like a wine tasting, like a beer tasting, where we'll build on flavor profile okay. and end with our boldest flavor. Awesome. So you're going to start with our apple brandy, which is okay. how our business started. And because we started with an apple brandy, the still that we use is a German-made Mueller-style still. Mm -hmm. And the idea with a Mueller-style still is you really focus on the raw ingredients. It gives you a lot more of a robust flavor and really aids to the aromatics. Awesome. So 100% local and regional apples distilled in our brandy still aged for one year in American white oak barrels that have been charred. Okay, awesome. Uh, you just have water, but Cheers. toast. <laughs> you know, really with the idea of a brandy still, if you're making apple brandy one day and a raspberry brandy the next day, you want to taste the apples versus the raspberries. Yeah. It isn't meant to be a neutral grain spirit. We want the raw ingredients to shine. Yeah. And so by using these local apples, you really get that really true apple flavor there. Yeah, I'm getting the apple like right on the side of my tongue. It's just, it's really presenting Yeah, it's itself. a nice balance of oak meets, uh, meets a high proof spirit mm. at 42% unfiltered, really just meant to be a great expression of local apples that we do great here in Vermont. Yeah, as I can see on a map, it's like, oh, there's a cidery, there's a distillery, yep. there's this, there's a cidery, there's another cidery. <laughs> so. Which is so a big part of craft <laughs> beverages, yeah. what do you have access to? Yeah. You know, what good raw ingredients. So yeah, this was our first product. We release it every year in the fall. We encourage people to come to our tasting room in September and October, mm -hmm. when we'll have our next batch released. Awesome. Uh, your spirits are all sourced regionally, yes. locally, non-GMO, fair trade, organic suppliers. Is that kind of the mission statement of Mad River is support, like we're using local no matter what? Absolutely. Okay. Use really high quality raw ingredients that are so source regionally, locally, and then really let them shine. Mm -hmm. We don't put a lot of weight on our age statements. We really want the raw ingredients to be featured. Uh, we use the term farm to glass a lot to okay. really this idea 
that farm-to-table dining and farm-to-glass beverage mm -hmm. consumption really should be treated equally. Yeah, farm-to-table is gigantic right now, and especially with everything, unfortunately, that happened in the last three years is you want to support that local and we keep them going. We need it more than ever. Yeah. You know, so. We're losing small farms to bigger, you know, to big companies mm -hmm. and really the, the more craft that's put into the wrong ingredient, the more care, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to show in the glass. I could already taste it in the apple. And, you know, I don't have a perfect palate in any way, but I, I, I'm just so used to, you know, growing up in Quebec at 18 or 21 here, you're just used to drinking, let's see, just regular Jack or regular this and getting that alcohol burning. You just don't get those in well-crafted, uh, well-crafted to consumer products. Absolutely. So. And I know that your background is in beer. And we really credit the craft beer industry to opening the doors for craft distilling yeah. with this idea that it is going to taste better. Yeah. And you're going to feel better. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely don't. I've had less hangovers on craft than I've had on regular stuff. But yeah. I can even taste preservatives in some mm -hmm. big boy beers now and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, all my friends just look at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm supporting local. <laughs> but that's me. That's in my brain is I've always wanted to, ever since I started my journey into craft beverages i wanted to go from beer to wine to ciders to this and and it's all connected yeah it all starts with fermentation yeah without fermentation we wouldn't be here today so and you guys have a nice big kind of circle when everybody supports each other from what i can tell in almost every craft beverage maker has another craft beverage maker that supports them if they're miss missing something and uh you were mentioning well we'll get to that later but also beer oh our beer's no good but can you do something with it and they bring it to you and that's that's that big circle. Yeah, so. and this idea that breweries always love taking our barrels. We <laughs> source a lot of barrels to breweries in Vermont yeah. and extended both the rum barrels and the whiskey barrels and the apple brandy. And so the project we'll get to here in a minute is really fun for us to yeah. receive something back. Yeah, for sure. Because we're always giving the breweries our barrels. And like you're saying, it's all connected. Yeah, it's all a great big circle. I'm sure with your spent grains and stuff, you send them to a farmer and then he does. Farms, uh, cows he love she, them. He or she. At the farm takes care of whatever. Yeah, exactly. So that's the important part is everybody supports everybody in this industry. And when it comes down to the consumer base like me is I like hearing, I'm not just supporting you. I'm supporting all the people that you have to buy ingredients from. Yeah. So, yep. Awesome. Let's get to number two here. Sure. So we make a lot of rums here. We're only going to taste one today. I want you to try our flagship. Awesome. It's called the first run rum. Okay. It's meant to be a ski pun. This idea of really trying to get to the mountain to get that first run of the day okay. on a powder day. Nice. So it's not a distillation pun, but it, it could be interpreted that way. Yeah. We source all of our sugar organically and fair trade. Yep. We get it from the United States seasonally, and when we can't, we work with a group that gets us really high quality, non-GMO, fair trade sugar from Africa. Awesome. We use demerara sugar, sugar in the raw, and the idea is that using the raw sugar opposed to refined sugar, you get more flavor, you actually have more nutrients in it. And so right from the start, it's a high quality, nice sipping rum because of the use of demerara sugar. Amazing. It's going through the brandy still. Yeah. And so distilling it at lower temperatures and smaller batches and really showcasing this high quality, the highest quality sugar you can really get your hands on. It's then aged in a charred oak barrel like all of our whiskeys to get all of that color. Yeah. No additives, no flavors, really just a clean white rum meets a charred oak barrel. Yeah. Might and, deceive some people too, because I'm sure I'm assuming they think it's like a spiced rum and you're like, no, 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 it's just No, it's, no, but that's what we grew up on was yeah. spiced rum, flavored rums, or cheap rums. 
you know, a mission of ours here in the tasting room is to showcase that you can cocktail with this yeah. and make fantastic cocktails. It's a super clean palate and you can really have a lot of fun with it. And Burlington's kind of the only place where you can't get that first run because you guys aren't on the mountain. Exactly. However, it's a full hour, everywhere. people put their efforts <laughs> in. You just gotta you just gotta get an early start. Amazing. As we do. Cheers. Oh, so smooth. You know, it really starts to take on the caramelized notes you get from a whiskey. Yeah. But it has that smooth texture that you expect from a sugar-based product from a rum. Wow. Mm. Not like most rums we grew up with. These are these are very tasty and it's dangerous. It's fun. Again, we're at higher proof. We're at 46% there, unfiltered, really designed to just be good on its own and maybe the best mixer available. Yeah. At $25 a bottle, it's really meant to be a no-brainer. This should be in everybody's cabinet mm -hmm. in every single bar in Vermont. Yeah, 100%. And soon uh, to be Quebec. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hopefully. Knock on wood. You know, uh, we have our alcohol association in yep. Quebec, and just going through those guys, for some people, could be a pain. But I understand it's easier for an American company to get into Quebec than it oh, would be some other places. So, sure, sure. Uh, for sure. And, I mean, all Canadians are usually within three hours of the U.S. border. It, we should be trading places back and forth no matter absolutely, what. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of that, shut down for two, almost two years with the pandemic, Yeah, which sucked. Uh, how was it hearing those Canadian accents when we finally got to return here? We, it was great <laughs> having that border opened and getting that flood again. It was, it was a tough couple years. The distillery, we locked it down. Nobody was let inside or out of it. The same people made, have been making the, since pre-COVID mm -hmm. to now. But we did have to do a lot of restaffing here in the tasting room. But okay. luckily, during that era, we didn't lose anybody who was making the product, which was most important. Knock on wood, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And speaking of that, like before, what is what is Mad River's history in in the state of Vermont? Yeah, the uh, you know we're family owned. The owners spend their time in Warren, Vermont, and the distilleries in their backyard. Okay. It's an old polo grounds. It's a beautiful little horse barn. Okay. And they've converted it into a distillery. Amazing. Um, well water from the property, 100 plus year old well. Yeah. And the great, another great story about how it's made is that the general contractor who was refurbishing the barn really took an interest in our spirits and is now our head distiller. Wow. And it really just showed that if you are if you're good with your hands and you're yeah. smart and you're passionate and you take the time to learn it, you can a little little bit of science too. A little bit of science, you can <laughs> you can take a career change. That's and you amazing. Can really do some amazing stuff. Yeah. And so our head distiller Alex has been a part of this distillery since literally day one. That's cool. And how many years is Mad River as a brand going on now? Yeah, we're a little over twelve years old now. Okay. We've been making the apple brandy since day one. Mm -hmm. The whiskeys and the rums kind of came a little bit later. Um, but we've been making you know, whiskey for 10 plus years. Like I said earlier, we don't put a lot of weight on an age statement. We're still doing our stuff at what, the range we want to do. Yeah. We've been making it for that long and we love the balance that we've hit right now. Very cool. Yeah. And then the creation of, you know, the owners deciding, hey, we need a tasting room. Downtown Burlington yeah. is- Yeah, so this was the brainchild so. of our president, Mimi, who okay. really runs the company on a day-to-day -day basis. The distillery, which we encourage everyone to come and take a tour of, um, <laughs> reach out to us via email. It's, it's more of a production space. Okay. There's no store. There's no formal tasting room. I like to joke that they'll move papers aside and give you a taste. <laughs> and we really wanted a, a window to the world. Mm -hmm. And so here, Burlington being the biggest city in Vermont yeah. and only under an hour from the distillery, 
it made sense to open up our showcase space here in, yeah. in Burlington. Plus, you're kind of in the downtown market area. Like, you're in the primary oh, part of downtown It's wonderful Burlington. being right in the thick of things. Yeah. We get a lot of foot traffic, but it really, we're also a destination. Yeah. And if people want to try our spirits, this is where we send them. Yeah. And if you want some suggestions on what to do with cocktails, we've got plenty. Yeah. So I, I mean, I literally just Googled distilleries near me when I was at Vermont Pub and Brewery, and it's, oh, like, two-minute walk that yeah. way. Okay, cool. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's fun having the store. We... We try to be an all-inclusive cocktail shop in addition to what we sell, but obviously, you know, the point of the store being here is to showcase our, our flagship yeah. spirits. And how many years is the tasting room going on now? A little over six now. Okay, so you guys are still in yeah, going and absolutely. despite everything. You know, before the tasting room, we were very farmer's market focused mm-hmm. um, in liquor stores. We work with the state of Vermont, who has our products in every store in the state. Um, but besides that, farmer's markets really were our, um, our go-to. Okay. So. And how big are those farmers markets for Mad River? Um, they're so important to us. Some of them are pretty small. Burlington, Stowe, definitely on the bigger side. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. And I noticed you're an actual certified Cicerone as well, right? I am. Okay. I did that a couple of years ago when I was more focusing on the beer side of things. Okay. Um, I thought that that was a really great way for me to be introduced to styles and beer that we weren't really seeing here in mm-hmm. Vermont. When I started drinking beer in Vermont, it was very IPA focused. And so the Cicerone was a really nice way for me to dive into styles of beer that weren't trendy in the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like an English bitter. Wait exactly. a minute. This is beautiful and malty. It's been around for hundreds of years, and, yeah. but in the moment, it's barely been... anywhere here. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's every single Montrealer I know who travels to Vermont is it's either they're grabbing Saisons or they're grabbing IPAs. Absolutely. And that's pretty much it. And to me, there's. The craft industry in general, there's more than just those primary two or three products. You sure. can experience things. And speaking of those, and I was gonna say, going beyond that, what's what am I yeah, doing? Yeah, going back so. into this, you know, bourbon is so trendy right now. Yeah. This would be the IPA. It's not hard to sell bourbon. <laughs> bourbon is trendy, it's delicious, people really flock towards it, but the rum might be your English yeah. bitter. It's hard to convince somebody who didn't grow up drinking rum that you should try our rum. Yeah. And so it as you said, it's all related. It's rum, all related. Rum is a, such a good base for so many drinks, I find, too. It's, it really is. And so many cocktails we make with it here, people I just people love it. And we say, don't think of it as a rum drink. It's yeah. a cocktail. Yeah. It just happens to be rum is the base. Yeah. So, Now, I don't know if this is true or not. I've heard everything online that bourbon has to originally be stilled in Tennessee? In Kentucky. In Kentucky, okay. So Kentucky still wants you to think that that's a law. Okay. It was changed a few decades ago. Ah. But originally, bourbon had to be from Kentucky. Okay. And it was a way of making Kentucky whiskey more prestigious than Tennessee whiskey. So it's a lot. They had more representation (laughs) in Congress, and they were able to get laws passed. Okay. So, but on that note, bourbon is a has to be made in the United States. Okay, okay. So it, is, it used to be just Kentucky. Now it's anywhere in the United States. It has to be at least 51% corn. Okay. It can never see any additives. You can never add any flavorings to it. It needs to be aged in charred white American oak barrels that are never reused. Okay. And a couple others. So it's, it's almost like a like a hard alcohol version of the Reinskeblad from Germany. It's the, the purity laws yeah. really transfer over okay. here. Okay, interesting. And if you are in a store and you see the word bourbon on a bottle, yeah. it's a way of consumer protection saying, 
there's nothing, there's nothing, no funny business yeah, here. It's got that made in the USA stamp. This on is it. made in the USA. It's aged you know, when it says straight at least two years. Um, and it's also just saying that it's a minimum proof. But really, it was the creation of our government saying we're going to do consumer protection to make sure that we are getting real bourbon. Awesome. Love it. That Cheers. Toast. So, our flagship bourbon for our, our history that was is, a, That is smooth. This is my favorite thing that we wow. make. It's called our Burnt Rock Bourbon. It is the newest addition to our full-time lineup. Mm. Traditionally, our four-grain bourbon, which was 70% corn, 10% oats, 10% wheat, 10% barley, was designed to just be really smooth and soft. Mm -hmm. The Burnt Rock is 70% corn also. We smoked the barley over local maple wood, and now we're introducing rye. So it's designed to be a much more balanced, fuller-bodied bourbon. And again, this is why I say we don't put a lot of weight on age statements. This has an age statement of one year. Okay. So some people come in and ask me what the age is before they try it. And I say one year and they go, oh, okay, well, you're a young company. It's like, no, 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 no. This is exactly where we want it. This is the balance we want. We really want you to showcase these really high quality grains. Yeah. Uh, what's, I, I think there's a joke. It's like, oh, I want a scotch that can legally drink scotch. Like you want an 18 or 21, sure. 18 in Canada, 21 year old. Absolutely, in the US. because age statement was an easy way for us to determine prestige. Mm -hmm. But really, it doesn't, it doesn't give you the whole story. Yeah. And if you're using really high quality raw ingredients and using a still to feature those ingredients, don't overage it. Yeah. Don't overage sure. it. We want you to taste those grains. Even with, I mean, you're coming from a Cicerone background too. So even like certain beers you can age, but certain ones you can't. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's crazy how you could literally just have a bottle of beer sitting next to a bottle of wine, sitting next to a, another bottle of something else and just, oh yeah, they're all about the same year, but I can drink them all now because they've aged. Absolutely. So it's, it's crazy that the alcohol industry, like, or craft beverage industry actually allows this kind of stuff. I don't know how an aged cider would be, but you never know. So yeah, maybe <laughs> after aging our bourbon barrel, yeah, probably be delicious. Exactly, for sure. <laughs> awesome. I'm uh, gonna jump out of order to have yeah. you try our rye. Okay. And then I'll come back and talk more about yeah, the, yeah. the I was, hopscotch project. I wanted to mention those after too, so. Okay. So, so I loosely your... referenced our straight rye, the four grain recipe. That okay. was our flagship bourbon for the last 10 years. The rye was its partner in crime here. It is 100% rye. Mm -hmm. It's very unusual to get a 100% rye whiskey. It's a little bit harder to distill. It's also really expensive. Yeah. And it's not a common um, flavor profile that most people are looking for. Ours is three varietals. Okay. One of the three varietals is a chocolate rye varietal that is sourced from Southern Quebec. Okay. And that's what you're getting on the nose there. That's okay. I'm like the mochas, the yeah. chocolates, the those really unfiltered full bodied flavors you're really getting yeah. from the from the chocolate rye varietal in our rye whiskey there. We call it Revolution Rye, both referencing the history of Vermont and the Revolutionary yeah. War, but also it is a completely revolutionary idea to have a 100% rye mash bill. Yeah. I have been noticing all your bottles are numbered too. That's rare for hand most numbered, hand labeled. Um, yeah, this it's a hands-on product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You it's, can't have quality control if your hands aren't touching <laughs> yeah. the product. Yeah, it's hey, this is us. This is what we this do. Is local this is what you Absolutely, do, so. this is what we do. Awesome. You know, we, cheers. At toast. This has been one of our most award-winning spirits just because it stands out. It's so dry. It's so robust. Yeah. You try it. Is that it, spiciness I'm getting? Absolutely. Okay. 
And spice is a very common adjective we use when describing rye. Yeah. And it could be anything from a warming spice like cinnamon um, or to this more like peppery spice. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm like, I'm getting a spiciness. I'm getting chocolate on the nose. Mm -hmm. All of this is confused right now. Absolutely. <laughs> so. And what your brain smells versus what, you're, what you taste is, yeah. is so different. Yeah. No, yet again, like, this is why I love crafts, craft beverages. Just, I'm not getting that burn. No. And that's what always throws me off about, like... And the alcohol is there. It's 48%, yeah. but you just don't have those harsh ethanols that you get from a mass-produced still. Yeah. This brandy still really yeah. creates a smooth, aromatic product. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like right there. It's not overpowering in any way. It's, it's nice, well-balanced. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it's the flight, which is nice, too, is the tasters. And I also noticed on your website, if I were to subscribe, I get a free flight in the taste room. You do, you okay. do. Every two weeks, we send out an email to all of our patrons that sign up. Okay. It's got videos showing how to make cocktails. It's got new releases. We feature products that we're using in our program, whether it be a bitters or a syrup. Um, and so I would recommend you sign up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking so for sure. I mean, it's the, the benefits outweigh the just getting Absolutely. the occasional email. So. And it doesn't sound like you're spamming people at all. So no, it's, no. Uh, and it's a lot of suggestions. Yeah. You know, we make these spirits designed that you can enjoy them on their own. Yeah. But we also know that cocktailing with spirits is a major part of what we do as well. Yeah. And so a big part of those emails is suggestions of, hey, you've bought this bottle. Mm -hmm. You want some more inspiration of what to do with it. Yeah. And so our website, our emails, we have 100 cocktail recipes online. You can search it by the bottle when we're constantly putting new stuff up. And then, yeah, twice a month we send out an email with multiple videos Amazing. and recipes. So yeah. it's worth the shot glass. Yeah. Plus, uh, here versus the main distillery, you guys have a cocktail program as well, from what I saw. Exactly. And that's kind of a big part of what we do here in Burlington as well, is mm -hmm. we do a lot of um, R&D, we do a lot of experimentation, but we are the, the cocktail part of this company. Okay. The, the distillery in Warren is where it's all made. We've got some great people out in the field helping us sell it, mm -hmm. both here in Vermont and New England. And really the tasting room here, one of the really fun aspects of it is the cocktailing yeah. and showing that it performs really well in classics, but also that we can do a lot of fun and a little think outside the box as yeah. well. I mean, speaking of classics, you already have ready-to-drinks Manhattans or Manhattan, absolutely uh, old fashions. And uh, yeah, two types of old fashions. Absolutely. Who 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 decided like, hey, let's have some kind of RTDs, some ready-to-drinks. It really the concept changed during COVID when okay. the bars and restaurants around the area were shut down, mm -hmm. and people still wanted to have a well-made beverage at home. And the ones that were available at the time were really high in sugar mm -hmm. and they weren't foolproof. You're okay. talking five, six percent, so they could be sold at a grocery store. Okay, okay. And so we put these together. Vermont yeah. state law allows us to put up to four ounces of spirit in a to-go cocktail. Okay. And so we do all of our to-go's in two, uh, two serving portions here in Vermont. Okay. Outside of Vermont, you'll see some larger sizes. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that they're simple. Okay. Pour over ice and drink. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the fridge and put it in your jacket pocket when you're going camping yeah. on a canoe or going to a wedding. Yep. But this idea that it is a high quality cocktail ready to go, RTD, ready yeah. to drink, yeah. that you're not sacrificing quality. Amazing. That's great to hear. I, I, you know, that's the dangerous part is another distillery interviewed, they did gin lemonades in like little cans and I have one. I'm like, 
even though we interviewed them during the winter, I'm like, this is going to be my beach drink. Absolutely. Because it's just, you crack open a can and you just, and for these, I would say put it in either a flask or something because you don't want to bring glass on the beach. Just convert it into something, buy a Bubba keg and dump some ice and buy two of these and just Absolutely. pour them in. So, Absolutely. It's simplicity. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's a joke all around, but keep it simple, stupid. Keep it's, it simple. <laughs> it's very, keep it simple in the fact do. that we have a luxury that we're using these higher end products. Yeah. And so we don't need as much mixers in there to cover mm -hmm. up the bite of a cheaper alcohol yeah. because we're using something that's smooth from the start. Yeah, exactly. And so you can use less sugar, you can use less bitters, you're gonna feel a lot better tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's that really, the sugars and the preservatives that'll get you all. Uh, like, Absolutely. Like the next day being a little rough. Absolutely, so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so let's dive into this hopscotch series here because this is what yeah. I'm really excited to show you. Yeah, amazing. You know, with your beer background and what we make for whiskeys here, this is a really fun part of what we do here at Mad yeah. River. I, I love the whole, like I said, you guys support each other. Uh, I don't know which one I'm starting with, but it's they're like, oh, we have an extra beer for you to still. Sometimes it's an extra beer, but often what we do is we cold call. Okay. And we reach out and we say, hey, brewery, we want you to bring us a beer and don't yeah. tell us what it is. Oh, wow. So okay. oftentimes we don't know what it's going to be until it shows up. Huh. And so the distillers love it because we're constantly trying to make our flagships super consistent yeah. and elevated. And then we get a beer for a project that we're never going to duplicate. Yeah. So there's no pressure. We have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So I brought two out today. Okay. Um, one is the one we have for sale right now in the, in the retail space that we'll have probably for the remainder of the summer. Okay. It is with Lawson's Finest here in Vermont. And the other one is from Zero Gravity. So the okay. one with Lawson's, yep. we, um, they kegged a batch of Triple Sunshine right before COVID hit. With really strict consumption time periods, yes. we asked if we could have the kegs because we didn't know in Vermont when bars were reopening. Yeah. So this is a triple IPA, 100% mm -hmm. citra hops, 10.5% copiously dry hops. Oh yeah. If you did this project through somebody else's still, you would not get this unique product. But because the, of- the, the brandy still, the Mueller style still with the lower temperatures, it's really fun. Yeah. So give it a swirl. You get the hops on the nose. Oh yeah. And man. Oh, that smells like an IPA. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Cheers. Toast. Citrusy, not overpowering. But it's actually like balanced off the, the crazy hoppiness I find some of Lawson's beer to have. But Lawson's is a big name. I mean, it was at our World Beer Festival under our international tent this mm. year. They had a sip of sunshine, double sunshine, triple sunshine. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do amazing work again, another family owned company mm -hmm. that really takes a lot of pride in raw ingredients and, and ethical issues. It's a really one of the more interesting whiskeys you'll ever try because yeah. of that hoppiness. You know, the next one we're going to try is from a brown ale and this wasn't hopped at all. Yeah. And so you're really going to kind of see what a difference the base beer makes yeah. on this project. Yeah, that is fat. That is fantastic. I mean, I'm kind of upset. I only recently discovered you guys, and I didn't discover you guys last time I was here, because <laughs> uh, yeah. my Airbnb was in Newanuski. I could have stumbled back. Absolutely, <laughs> so. it is a big battle for us here yeah. that our shop uh, people do walk right by, mm -hmm. and so a big part of our public relations is really trying to raise awareness that we exist. Yeah, and once people walk in the door, they have a fantastic time. They love our products, but people walk by and say, "Oh." 
you have a store here. Yeah. Oh, you have a bar in here. So. Do you find uh, online engagement like Instagram and, and Facebook, is that helping bring out the name of Mad River to people who Absolutely. might not be aware of it? Okay. Absolutely. You know, even if it doesn't get them in the front door, they now are familiar with our brand. Mm -hmm. um, they might see it the next time they're at a liquor store or a restaurant. Yeah. But also when they walk by, they might have that light bulb go off that, oh, that's where Mad River yeah. is. We also collaborate with so many places for that reason because we want to try to engage other people's demographics into, into what we do here. And you guys are now, last time I was here, I think there was a scone or ice cream person up front. Is that kind of a regular thing of having small... We love kinda... bringing in people that want to do pop-ups. Okay, okay. By law in Vermont, if we're offering a flight or a cocktail, we need to have a food option. Okay. And so we do a cheese board. All right. But we really just keep it simple, and then we love to bring in people. So you came in when we were having a cannoli pop-up. That's it. Yeah. Cannoli pop-up. And this woman uses our spirits in the shells and fillings. Wow. And then fills them to order. Uh, her name's Only Cannoli. She does fantastic <laughs> work. Um, follow her on Instagram as well. She does <laughs> only pop-ups. No brick and mortar. Yeah. But she she's always does pop-ups. And so nice. I... I've discovered that like with the pandemic. It's not big in Montreal, but I've noticed in the US there's a lot of like pop-ups with the pandemic of like Mr. Beast, who's super popular, mm -hmm. has a Mr. Beast burger, but you have to order it through another restaurant and it's a pop-up and it's like brick and mortars are you know, expensive. Yeah. Uh pandemic sucked. One hundred percent pandemic sucked. But some real originality came out of it. So yeah, uh, I mean, you can't complain about that. And you guys had your online selling portal with curbside pickup on Absolutely. top of that. Absolutely, we would do curbside pickup. You had to be 21 years old. Everyone in the car had to be 21. <laughs> but we, it was really helpful for us. And it really just made people feel more comfortable. Um, and it really kind of helped boost our sales. And we, it was illegal for us to do delivery, yeah. but we could do the curbside pickup. And even with your setup at the front too, you could kind of do in that door, out that door, so. Oh. Super easy, yeah. super easy. Yeah. And I'm assuming everything was six feet here, like it was in Canada. Pref yep. Preferably, preferably more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's amazing. And, and you guys seem to be set up for quite a bit of things in the pop-ups. Do you guys also do events in any way? We love events. Okay. And what, what kind of events do you usually have? We do a lot of cocktail classes. Okay. There'll be ticketed events, usually that are themed. Okay. Um, for example, I did one a couple years ago that before I worked here, that was an old-fashioned class. And so you came in, it was a two hour class. You, we talked about bitters, the history of the old fashioned, you drank an old fashioned and it was really fun. Huh. And we do a ton of things like that. We have a smaller space. We don't do a ton of larger parties, but we love corporate events, business parties in the 20 to 30 person range. Okay. And so we do a lot of things like that, rehearsal, ticketed cocktail events. Yeah. Um, but really the classes is really where we shine. We have a staff that really loves educating and talking and really kind of work our spirits into the talk where somebody can enjoy a cocktail while they learn about something. Yeah. They've been drinking their whole life, but don't know what it is. Yeah. And so that's really fun for us. That's awesome. And then bringing on your staff, you want to make sure that the training is there for them to, I come in, I have no knowledge and I'm like, Hey, I want to try this. And yeah, I get our training has more pressure than a lot of other businesses because we're representing a local business. Mm -hmm. This isn't a clock in, clock out kind of job. We are the ambassadors for this company. Yeah. And if you might be drinking Mad River your whole life and maybe only meet an employee in the tasting room. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressure for us to A, describe the products correctly because they're all here for a reason. 
but B, also to really get engagement and make people feel good about what they're getting because it is a great product. Mm -hmm. And so we go through a lot of training. Um, a lot of the people we hire don't know what whiskey is when they walk in the door, but they could walk out the they could walk out doing this interview. Yeah. And so we love doing our training. We do a lot of tastings and a lot of conceptual stuff and a lot of work with books. I mean, you're talking about supporting local and, and to continue on that trend is they wouldn't just be supporting Mad River, the name, but they're also supporting when it comes to hot hopscotch, the two names. Yep. So let's get to this last. Uh, yeah, let's one. do the last hopscotch here. So the first one you tried was a triple IPA. Mm -hmm. Now it's a brown ale from Zero Gravity. Just down the street? Down the street here. <laughs> this is a beer that was never released to the public. They did this as an in-house batch just for us. Oh. And they did not hop it because they knew we were going to distill it. So this is an unhopped brown ale, mm -hmm. aged again for multiple years in charred oak barrels. But what a difference you get on the nose there. It's like a completely yeah. different whiskey because it is. Yeah. yeah, it's got a slightly maltier profile from what I'm catching on the nose. Absolutely. Little little biscuity, I think. Absolutely. Smells like it. Awesome. As we do, a toast. Tastes like Scotchy brown ale. Absolutely. <laughs> I like to think it tastes you like Irish whiskey. You could have literally called it Scotchy brown ale. Yeah, it's really fun. And <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's got a uh, it's got a malt and, and biscuity build, and like it, it has that almost a little bit of caramelly that a brown ale presents as well. So, mm. to beer meets a Jameson. Wow. Yeah, you guys have some very tasty, dangerous alcohols, and as I say. Uh, always have a designated driver or drink responsibly. Yes, so that's, we encourage that's, that. That's for sure. Uh, you guys have also won a bunch of awards. Yeah, yeah. We This was a great award season for us this year, um, but we've been winning awards for over 10 years now. Um, we don't send our spirits to every competition out there. We pick a couple and send them our best stuff, and we always place well. Yeah. The rye especially, um, but our rums as well. The bourbons this year did really well too. Uh, so in the beer industry in Vermont, you have the Craft Brewers Association, New York, New York State Craft Beer. In Quebec, we have the AMBQ. Is there a distillery version of that in the state of Vermont? Not as formal. Okay. There's definitely a group of people who work together to help with legislation. Our president, Mimi, is a big part of that, really front-facing in this industry, really proactive. Um, but it's a smaller community. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's, you know, you're only talking about a dozen or so places in the, in the state that own a still, you know? And so when you're talking about that, it's a very niche, okay. very niche industry. Um, there's a lot of oversight, which we encourage because we're doing everything correctly in mm -hmm. the right way the first time. Um, so we really do encourage the oversight. And, um, but there just isn't that kind of following that the yeah. beer has yet. I mean, you guys are also in a population of what, 700,000 in the state of Vermont? Not huge. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to beer, it's like, oh, I can throw a rock and literally there's one across the street when it comes to Absolutely. beer. Absolutely. But it does sound like there is some growth coming along for the there is. industry. Yeah, there is. And it, it takes a little bit of consumer education. Um, you know, before craft beer, if I had said we're charging $60 for our high-end bourbon, People would have rolled their eyes, but in the modern era of realizing what it costs to make a handmade product, yeah. it's it, it you know it, it's the mentality has really changed. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 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 a wonderful industry right now, yeah. and we're we're really happy to be ten, you know over a decade in and have our feet underneath us, and we're at a really fun crossroads where we have a lot of demand for our product. Yeah. We don't have a lot of extra product right now, and so we're not expanding very quickly. Yeah. I mean, for sure, you know it's a business as anything is people want to make money in the end. They're not just doing this for free. 
and you're still selling a premium product and the word premium hasn't really been a thing for the la until the like last 10 years or so. Yeah, or it was self-proclaimed. Yeah. Um, but it really does make a difference. And like we started this talk, you're gonna feel better, it's gonna taste better. Yeah. You're supporting a farmer, you're supporting people who live in Vermont and have their kids go to school in Vermont. Yeah. Supporting um, two breweries. <laughs> two breweries right here, you know, and how many different farmers did we support by between yeah. the apples, between the sugar, between the, the you know, the corn, yeah, the, the, the wheat, the rye, the barley. Even the, the Quebec chocolate at the end. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And so without the farmers, without these really high quality, non-GMO raw ingredients, yeah. this, this would be just a business to make money, which yeah. is not... No. Which isn't and the point. Non-GMO is like a huge, huge thing for a lot of people. Especially right now, in the so. corn world. And a lot of bourbons are using mass-produced GMO corn, and it's going to taste sweet. You yeah. need to age your bourbons for 10 years, or it's going to taste like sugar. Yeah. But with these non-GMO varietals of corn, you actually get real flavor. It's amazing. It's not just a sugar bomb. When it comes to somebody who wants to buy a bottle, do you guys have mixers and bitters in-house? Absolutely. Okay. We try to always have in-house everything for sale that we use in our cocktail program. I mean, I even saw a stirrer for sale. Up Absolutely. Front. <laughs> My joke is that I'm going to make you a cocktail. I can sell you the glass it was stirred in, the spoon I used, the strainer, the jigger, the bottle, the speed pour, the glass, the ice cube in the glass that we really can set you up with the whole package. Um, so people are constantly coming in here to buy gifts. Christmas is a wonderful time to come in here and buy a cocktail package for yeah. a loved one. Uh, but we really try to showcase our spirits through complete cocktail immersion. Yeah. I mean, I even saw like mixed three packs for sale and, and everything like yeah. that. You guys are really, you, you know, you've expanded to what you could sell, but at the same time, you're not overdoing it in any way from what I'm seeing. No, so. and that's a really good point that I meant to bring up earlier of why we make just two spirits, whiskeys and rums. Mm -hmm. Minus the once a year product yeah. here, we just want to focus on two spirits and do them well. And if we also tried to make gin and vodka and do a tequila or something like that, you're, you're putting your foot into too many different things. We really want to stay focused here. Yeah. Absolutely. At 100% and still it's, it's that supporting local, 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 locally. Like yeah. I hate pushing that down people's throats, but it's support local no matter what. Yeah. You and you know, we say local, so. but regional as well. Yeah. Vermont is small, you know, Quebec is a 30 minute drive north. Is that not local? Yeah. yeah we're, exactly. we're eight miles from New York state right now. Yeah. Is that not local? Yeah. And so this idea of hyper locality can be limiting sometimes. We love this idea of regional. Yeah. Support regional and you get a little bit varietal, variety in it. Yeah. Yeah. As you mentioned, you guys actually have a Quebec product that you yeah. use too, so that's, yeah. that's big. And as uh, in Warren's only 45 minutes south or so. so exactly. Southwest, east. Yeah, south and a little bit of east. South and a yep. little bit east, yeah. 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 I mean, you guys aren't a huge state, but I'm like just trying to remember which way to go. Is it towards <laughs> New Hampshire or is it towards New York? Exactly. Because so, you guys are right there in the middle. Right in the middle. And yeah, the Mad River Valley where we make our products is a wonderful ski resort area. Yeah. So if you're there in the winter, there's Mad River Glen, there's Sugarbush. If you're there in the summer, there's just amazing bike riding, hiking. Yeah. I think it's Mad River Glen where we went to Septemberfest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And that's what Lawson's really got that up and going there. Okay. And he makes his product just down the road yeah. from there. Yeah, we want to talk to them. We want to talk to uh, hired hands. We just, we want to get a little more Southern Vermont. Just past, you know, people don't have to be aware that just Burlington exists. Sure. They're a little bit north of St. Albans. There's some great breweries and, and there's, oh, yeah. I believe, a cidery there. It's just, it's not hard to find no, local No, and as you booths, go so. east a little bit towards Stowe and yeah. Morrisville. Yeah, so. it's, 
Yeah, the support that Vermonters have for other Vermonters is, is pretty mind-blowing when it comes to it. And I do find that upstate New York supports upstate New York, not so much New York City supports New York City, mm -hmm. but for, for the, mm -hmm. like you said, the hyper-local uh, or hyper-regional, more or less, is supporting each other in the end. Yes. And especially after the last three years of all the crap that we've gone through as human beings, let's keep supporting each other. As we need we it can. more now so, than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Jesse, thank you very, very much for hosting You're us welcome. Today. As I said, anybody who takes time to talk about clearly their passion, it's, I can hear it in your voice how passionate you are about Mad River. It's beautiful to hear that. And for those who are looking for the tasting room and the distillery, where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So our tasting room is located in downtown Burlington, 137 St. Paul, right on the Common. If you want to tour the distillery, which I highly recommend, reach out to us via email and we will set you up with a distiller. And that is in the town of Warren, Vermont, about 45 minutes outside of Burlington. Um, but we asked for a couple days notice on that because you get a tour from a distiller. Ah, amazing. And so it isn't an intern. You are actually, someone's going to turn off a machine and show you around. Yeah. And so we asked for a couple days notice on that. Fantastic. What's the website? Madriverdistillers.com. Reach out to me here in the taste room at retail at madriverdistillers.com. For the summer, we're open up seven days a week, starting at noon. But in the fall, we'll go back down to five or six days. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you got to give your staff a little bit of a break, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But this is our season when we hustle. So, yeah. I'm, plus, big festival outside today. I'm sure you guys will get some drag through uh, as soon as we're done doing this. Never uh, a dull moment on a Saturday yeah. in Burlington, yeah. that's for sure. And uh, Facebook, Instagram, you're on all that stuff too? Absolutely. Awesome. Follow us on Instagram. The best way to find out for the limited releases when, they're, when we have them in the store. And then, yeah, go to our website, sign up for the email. It's really fun. You only get two a month. We're not going to bombard you. You get videos, suggestions. We're always introducing new products. It's just a really fun resource to have um, that we try to make not very obnoxious. That really yeah. can be just pure information. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it sounds bad, but Vermont has like that hippie attitude of like, yeah, just come on by. And if you don't, you don't. It's so, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's great. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and hit that like button and notification bell. Uh, as for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. As I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>